0: okay ladies and gentlemen the special guests are continuing today we actually bring up sam Moore from the listen up podcast sam the most polarizing figure on twitter but someone that we want to hear from when it comes to fsu football as a whole on today's edition of locked on seminoles let's ride
1: you are locked on seminoles your daily podcast on the florida state seminoles part of the locked on podcast network your
2: team every day
0: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome back to another edition of Locked On Seminoles. What's up, everybody? It's your boy Drake here. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before, because Bet Online is where the game starts. Today, not only do I have Dave in the Stream Yard, I have Mr. Sam Moore from the Listen Up Podcast. Sam, what's going on, my guy?
2: What's going on, Tally?
0: Chilling, man. Chilling, man. It's great to have you back on. We had you on here for the State of the FS Union, and and I quote to start from there. I asked you last, I think it was back in February, I think we were on that. Uh-huh. What was your uh, base? I guess your uh, opinion of last year, and then you started off simply with, "It was a disappointment. It was embarrassing." <laughs> I think that's that was your that was the first four words out of your mouth. So fast yeah. forward now to the bye week. Expectations, I think, were a little bit higher. You were one of the people that were on the forefront saying that we should have beat LSU. We did. start off four zero. I kind of want to ask you what were your expectations for the year heading to the season, and how have they been met so far?
2: Um, going into the season, I thought they were—I thought they were feeling a pretty good football team, um, good enough to win seven to eight games. So we're, we're we're on pace. They're doing about what I thought they would be doing at this time. Um, it's been somewhat disappointing though, because when you kind of watch how the season's playing out, like you had a chance to kind of see the NC State game. I don't think he really gave himself a chance against Wake Forest because of some decision-making that went on in that game. But they're on pace, right, in this back half of the schedule. I think they have a chance to really make a lot of make a lot of noise. So it's, it's going about how I expected for it to go. I thought we would beat LSU. And um, even though I do think LSU, if we played them today, we probably wouldn't beat LSU. But we caught them at the right time. And guess what? That win counts, and we ain't got to play them again. So That's right. <laughs>
1: Sam, how, how do you reconcile – your feelings on how the season's gone when you start and zero, and it feels like, Oh, Florida state might be back or not back, but like real close. And then you go, zero and three, how does that affect your view of the, of, of how this season's gone? And would you feel differently about where we are right now? If you swap that NC state game for say Louisville or LSU,
2: you know, um, I think with this team and with the coaching staff, you have to take a macro look at it. And I think that you can't get so caught up in game by game. Um, You have to kind of take a step back and say, is the team, do we think the team is playing better? And are they starting to meet expectations from uh, the game to game, down to down basis? Um, I think, and are they playing to their talent level? Um, I think for the most part, they are playing to their talent level. Um, are they being coached at their talent level? I think that's another discussion. But then you also got to bake in the idea that you do have a really young head coach, right? And he's going to make in-game mistakes, and he's not perfect, no matter how much people want to make him seem that way. He's not perfect. He makes a lot of mistakes. So I'm not as down. I guess I think they're going to win eight games still. So I'm not as down yet. Now, like I, you know, I've said several times, go out and lose against Georgia Tech, it's going to change a lot of the conversation. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we're going to have to have a deeper conversation about said, what's going he on. He said that stuff yesterday, trust yeah. me. Yeah, so that's, you know, but I think overall, I think the team is about where I thought they would be at, you know. Now, the bigger thing would be is, should we expect more in a year three? You know, should we expect to kind of, at this point where we're at, year three at Florida State, a further recruiting ground, should we not be able to beat Edge out a wait for us, edge out a NC State, you know, and be in a game with Clemson at the end instead of, you know, trying to just put up a good effort, you know. So, that depends on how you feel as a fan, though, right? Yep.
0: I mean, yeah, I think it's a context thing for each person. Like to me, like we talked about, it, like I expected seven to eight wins. I thought this team could probably steal one and potentially make it to the nine spot. But then you look at the schedule overall. I didn't think Louisville would be this bad. I no. think Boston College would be this bad. That offensive line is some of the worst things I've seen since in my own high school days. Training and right, then yeah. overall, it's just it's a uh, it's rough. But then you have Wake Forest, which is a team that, quite frankly, no one wants to admit. That was a team that I thought that we would lose that game to. That's a Wake Forest team that everyone's like thirty five plus has I the ARP. So- social security cards are coming in really quickly. But then you have NC State, the game that I think a lot of people are more. They're projecting their anger and the outcome from that game onto what we saw from Clemson and into the bye week. So overall, to me, I think what Dave was saying, I think is really correct, where I I don't know whether it was correct for me to do this or not, What I reevaluated my expectations overall. Like I changed them because of the first 4-0 start, and I think a lot of the fan base did, did too as well.
2: Yeah, and I think another part of it is that the ACC is a bad conference this year. It's not good, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you look around, Georgia Tech is terrible. Um, Boston College, like you said, that offensive line got decimated. They're terrible. Uh Louisville has like they they they're like from game to game, you don't know what team you're gonna get with them. Um I think Clemson is 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 the best team in a conference, but I think it's because they're the most healthy team in the conference, also. So, mm-hmm. you know, and uh they caught Wake at a really good time and Wake's probably the second best team in the conference. And Pittsburgh is decimated, you know what I'm saying, as far as injuries with them. So it's, it's, Miami's it's trash. Good. Yeah, Miami's bad, they, and they've been decimated by injuries. You know, key injuries, left tackles, wide receivers being mm-hmm. hurt. You know, so they're decimated also with injuries. So, you know, I think a lot of FSU fans keep saying FSU got all these injuries. I'm like, man, look around. <laughs> Teams are being <laughs> decimated by injuries in key spots, man. So it ain't just for the state. So, you know, you just expect a little bit more. But overall, you know, if you can get eight wins, I don't think people would complain. If you can get eight wins and get to a, like a number 12 recruiting class, I think everybody will kind of, you know, we'll wait to next season, I guess, you know, to make some more, you know, um, proclamations on what this staff is or isn't or the direction the program's going in. Well, one thing I think we can all agree
1: on here is that this team is going to go and has gone, I think, as Jordan Travis has gone for the most part. Sam, how are you feeling about Jordan Travis right now? The first four games, I I don't want to keep going back to like the dichotomy between the four and the three, but Jordan, those first four games looked like he should be on all the award lists. Right. Um, these last three games, competition level, especially along the defense for NC State and Clemson, has shot up. What do you how are you feeling right now about Jordan Travis compared to last year and compared to what you saw those first four weeks too?
2: He's he this is gonna come off like bad, <laughs> but it's not bad. I'm not trying to be say it like he's bad, but <laughs> he he he's a middle road veteran laden quarterback. In the ACC, right? So he's probably not great enough to to beat a great team or a good team, right? But he does enough to beat a mediocre team, you know? So he's not going to sky his program to a Final Four or a sky it to eight 8-0, 7-0, right? He's not handing hooker. But also I think a lot of the problems with Jordan Travis is that the offense doesn't have a lot of easy throws in it. You know, I was telling somebody this – those throws he made against LSU, as great as they was, those are all tight throws. Mm-hmm. Nobody's running wide open. And if you watch the Tennessee game against Alabama, uh, Alabama versus Tennessee, or any team you watch across college football, USC, you see guys get schemed open. Jordan mm-hmm. don't have a lot of easy throws to make, and he's not, he's not an NFL quarterback. So he's probably not going to make a lot of those hard throws consistently game in and game out. You know, so I don't – it depends on the curve you're grading them on. Are you grading him on a James Winston curve? Or are you grading him on a Drew Weatherford curve? I, yeah. I think he might be a little bit better than Drew Weatherford. Yeah. Maybe. You know what I'm saying? But not yeah. much better, right? <laughs> you're probably not Chris Ricks. You might be a little <laughs> under Chris Ricks. You know what I'm saying? It just depends on the curve that you grade him on. You know, you know I, I, I'm not as down on him as everybody else because I wasn't high on him as everybody else was. So, you know, I think you just got to keep it in perspective, to be honest with you.
0: I mean that's fair, but I will say you comparing him to Hendon Hooker right now, who a lot of people actually have as a Heisman front runner. That's a, I mean that's kind of an aggressive curve too, but that's also something where basically that's your your number guess two there in that offense. You kind of have to see Jordan is in year three of this offense. You kind of want to see that leap, and he has shown the leap. But like you're saying before, when he's going up against three ranked teams, so far it has not met the snuff. Even though against Wake Forest, for being honest here, he was basically running for his left the entire
2: game. Yeah, but you know Hendon Hooker, like I, my point with Hendon Hooker was. That offense gives a lot of easy throws, right? Mm-hmm. So it's sometimes it's it's in college football, and I say this about NFL too. And I I seen uh, Trent Duff say this, and it made a lot of sense to me. He say, watch any good offense, a coordinator should be able to scheme up one guy wide open every quarter. Period. If he can't do that, if he can't scheme up a guy wide open every quarter, you got a bad offensive coordinator. And I don't I don't I'm not saying Mike's bad offensive coordinator, but I'm saying in general, it's not a lot of easy throws in the offense right now. For the wide receivers, they do okay. scheme up the tight ends a little bit. Every now and then they scheme up running backs, but the wide receivers is all predicated on one on ones constantly. So I'm, I'm glad you said
1: that because my criticism of the offense has always been why does it look like every team we play always has guys running all over the field? The field looks much bigger mm-hmm. for our opponents than it does for us. That is frustrating me too. I'm glad I'm not the only person who sees that
2: yeah yeah it's, it's it's an optical thing man because you don't realize until you're watching other teams like damn like that's a guy wild him for a touchdown that's crazy like, there's another guy wide him for a first down that's crazy and then you watch us it's like johnny Wilson with an amazing catch <laughs> you know what i'm saying <laughs> you know do Span with an amazing catch oh yeah. look at that catch by pokey oh my god these guys are catching all these balls like damn they don't have they don't have a lot of easy and then if you if you got to think about it, if you're catching balls like that constantly you're gonna drop a few like you're gonna you gotta stop dropping them every now and because 'cause they're so hard to catch. So, you know, it's just one of those things, man.
0: I mean, listen, I mean I mean that kind of brings it right like, yeah, thinking about it deeply, like, yeah, that, a lot of them are highly contested catches. Like I think the touchdown for NC State with Micah Pittman where he catches like on his helmet, the David Tyree kind of thing. Yeah. And that's they're di- I mean, they're difficult. They're really, really difficult but difficult. But Dave, you know what's not super difficult overall actually here Tell on Lockdown Seminoles? Tell me. It's our friends over at Sweatblock, folks. If you're watching this on YouTube, if you're listening to the audio. As you can tell, I'm a heavier set individual. I'm a big boy. I'm the president of the Tribunal of Thickness and it's a Sweat sweatblock, I'm an attorney. I wear suits and ties every single day, So, and I work in South Florida. So you know I'm happy with the cold frontier, but during the summer, your boy is boiling. But folks, head over to SweatBlock.com today because Sweat Block was created by a doctor to help with your own excessive sweating. It is doctor-created and doctor-recommended. If you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, I don't have the odor, but if you have the odor, try sweatblock save 20% with promo code locked on l o c k e d o n at SweatBlock.com, which also folks is available on Amazon. All right Dave, I think you have a question here that you have prepping before the show. Just make sure it's not crab related cuz I know yep, Sam yep. is going through his feels right now when it comes to eating crabs and is live crabs. So
2: depressing, dude. Have you seen those crabs? Yep. Oh yeah. Wow, yeah. dude. What's wrong with us? Yeah. I, 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 got nothing for that.
1: I saw it and I got nothing. Wow. What, what I what I do got for you though is <laughs> speaking of Twitter, it I don't know if it feels the same way to you. Maybe it's just me. I don't think it is. It feels like anytime anybody in this fan base on Twitter says anything remotely negative about the coaching staff, and it, it, especially Mike Norvell, it's met with just like shunning them out of the fan base and their opinion must be invalid because they said anything critical. What What is it about Mike Norvell
2: that has made him so beyond reproach to this fan base? I don't, you know, it's weird, man. But I, what I think it is, I think the fan base is sensitive out of the attacker tagger situation, right? And I think it's sensitive after the Jimbo situation. And I think people, the people that like Mike Norvell that was applauding the hire want to be right about the hire. Right. They want to be right about it. And um, I think they, they shun all negativity towards the higher where they're starting to lose objectivity when we just talking basic football things. You know what I'm saying? So now you can't even say basic things that you have a problem with because, you know, you're being negative. And it's the funny retort to me that's always come to me is well. Sam, he got to get better players. I'm like, well, you know, he get a chance to recruit him every offseason. <laughs> <laughs> Your words. Yep. Agreed. <laughs> you know, so, but I, I, I think the fan base is just very sensitive about him because I think they, I think fans don't want to start over. They really want him to be the guy. They want him to be soundly the guy. They don't want to go through a coaching change. Cause, and I think a lot of reason why that is, is because they don't know if we're going to get a better coach. You know, you don't know what you're going to get when you go through coaching changes. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's, that got a lot to do with it too. You know, Sam, I'm just going to ask it then. Is Mike Norvell the guy? And if not, what does he have to do to prove it to you? Okay, I'm going to say this. I'm going to define my terms on this. In, <laughs> you know, as somebody that's known, that's tried to fire Mike Norvell to the sign today. Oh, yeah, we know. <laughs> I was in that space. We we're, were all in that space. Yeah. I did my part, okay? Uh, <laughs> I don't I, – can he get this program to – Nine wins, maybe ten wins if Clemson continues to slide back to you. I, I think that's I think that's possible. I I really do. I think that's possible. But from what I see from him from a recruiting standpoint, program management standpoint, on the field coaching standpoint, I don't think he's ever gonna put enough talent on the field that's gonna lap six, seven other six or seven other the top teams in the country. So I don't think he ever win a national championship with Mike Norfield. I don't think and quite frankly, I don't think you. Maybe if you get in the playoffs, but if you get in the playoffs, I think you'll get embarrassed. Because I don't. I I think it's a lot missing there, man. I think the the defensive approach. You know, I I don't like that approach, right? And that and, and people are acting like this is some newfound phenomenon where Fuller wasn't great at Memphis. All those games was in the forties and the fifties. You know, he wasn't good at Memphis. So can Mike Norville hire the type of people that make me believe? I, yeah, I think he can. Cause I don't think his offense is half bad. I think his offense has, I think he does a good job game planning. Is it ever going to be an explosive, high wire at throwing the football? Probably not. It's going to be all based in the run game, and you can win like that, right? We watched Georgia win like that. So mm-hmm. you can do it. But can he recruit at a top five, top six level? I don't. I, I just don't think he can. You know, so yeah. it, it, he's going to need some pieces around him, and I, I, and I think that's. When we go into the all season, that's what I'm going to be watching. Does do some coaches leave, and do we bring some dynamic people in here? If not, if we come back with the same thing next year, uh, we're gonna be right back at the seven or eight win expectation again. And how long do we want to live in that? How long do we want to live in that neighborhood? You know, nah, you know, cause, I mean, because I, the gate is right down the that. street. You know, <laughs> my is around the corner. You know, we can all chop it up, have a little fish fry, but eventually yeah. you want to drive out of the seven eight win neighborhood. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? So I'm hanging out with USC in Oklahoma, Texas now. You know, you want to arrive at a party eventually. Get, get out there with Alabama, you know. You want to arrive at a party eventually. So, But the administration got to answer that question. That's a question we can't answer. They got to answer that question for us, you know.
0: No, I completely agree with that. Even though I do think, even though if Mike Norvell might not be the guy, I think after the first four games, I think if you give him the proper tool and the resources, he definitely could be close to what we need because I do trust Michael Alford. We actually had him on the show about a year and was it? Like a year and a half ago, we had him on here. That's someone that definitely. I mean, if you look at the, the guy's resume, basically starting out with the Bengals, he also was part of the uh, the funding team at, with the Cowboys, getting that getting the uh, the Death Star or Jerry World, whatever, whatever you want to call it. And he was over at Oklahoma NCMU, CMU, so he knows what it takes overall to win. So then my question is: This is I guess a little more I guess micro when it comes to staff. What positions, then, do you think need to be improved when it comes to staff heading into the offseason? Because right now I have a few names off of my head. Dave knows a few of them because I bemoan him every damn day that's when point point. we have a chance to, but,
2: yeah. <laughs> I mean, you asking me, right? Yeah, I'm yep. asking you. Yeah, I mean, we. I mean, you started a defensive backs coach, right? You can't continually to bust out four or five stars that can't get on the field. Like, that's a problem. you got to develop these guys, right? So, you know, and they keep saying Cooper's hurt. I don't believe it. I mean, I watched the game. I, I was at the game. That guy was not getting medical attention when he came off the field. That dude was just sitting there. And is he not good anymore? Has he regressed so far back that he can't – like, Travis J doesn't dress out anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like, these are guys that was in your secondary that was playing, that was playing like – Travis J was – in 2020, That Mike's first year, he was playing the best football in the secondary. I'm his biggest fan right here. And now – he don't even put on shoulder pads on Saturday? Yep. Then you got Cooper, who was the best DB towards the last end of the stretch of the last season. Now he plays 13 snaps. I mean, the DB coach got to be fired. I'm not saying that he's not a good guy, but you have to develop. This is Florida, man. This is DBU Florida State. Like, you should be churning in NFL guys every year in, NFL in the NFL in the defensive back position. So I think the DB – coach has to go the fuller thing is tricky for me man because we're not losing against adam fuller and i hate to say that right i now, know I know, I know it's tricky because how can the offensive court how can the offensive coordinator the head coach who runs the offense fire the guy that's his side of the ball is actually more productive than your side of the ball mm. yeah that's a good point you know what yeah. i'm saying like that's tricky like how do you bring me to office and be like hey you be like if i'm mike Mike, might like hey adam we got a problem i know we do What's up with your offense? Like you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, thanks, thanks for
1: keeping us on the field for 40 minutes.
2: Yeah. yeah, you know you keep. You know Jordan Travis don't have to fumble when you take a sack. He can just take a sack and fall down. It's okay. He don't have to fumble. You know what I'm saying? So your special teams don't have to give up a 70 yard run out out of the half. You know what I'm saying? So it's tough. It's tough. But I do think if I'm Mike, you got to take a you got to take a step back and look at this stuff and say, man. I need more production, recruiting, and on-field coaching. Where can I legitimately go get a better on-field coach and a better recruiter? What position can I get it in? And if he say that, I can do that at defensive back, which that's the easiest place to do it at. Um, linebacker, if you can do it there. Tight ends coach, if you can do it there. I mean, I think the running back coach is a good coach. I think David Johnson is a really good coach. But he ain't worth a damn recruiting. You know what I'm saying? Like, is this is the running backs just scheme based? Can you just plug and play anybody in here? Cause if you can, go get me a running back coach that can recruit 10 other positions and be dynamic at doing it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that's he gotta take a step back and look at that. And it can't be about I don't want to bring in competition or uh, bring in guys that's not gonna be loyal. He gotta find some he gotta find some killers, man. He gotta get some killers in here. Cause he gotta flip the roster. The roster's not flipped. Yep. You keep bringing in 12 transfers and they're starting. You know, yeah, that, that's a that, problem.
1: That's the truth.
2: And so <laughs>
1: if so if we go back in the next so if we head into the next year and the staff's the same, you're disappointed right off the bat heading into the year.
2: Yeah, I mean, we're I mean, we're pretty much have the same expectation, 7, 8 wins, and then you start asking yourself is this just where we reside at? And that's a bigger problem to me. Yep. That's a big yeah, problem.
0: yeah, I, I can agree with that because I definitely do think that there needs to be some improvement to the staff. Because I think overall, like you're right with Adam Fuller. I think primarily he's been the better coordinator, the coaches side of the ball overall for the season. But also, like primarily, I don't think he's going to be here past his year because one, his contract is up in December. But also, I wouldn't be surprised if you see him being a head coach of some small group of five school out there somewhere. That'd be awesome. And, that would be great for him too. <laughs> no, I mean, also, if we're being, and if we're keeping it honest too, like I wouldn't be surprised if we see, you know, some people on that fence side of the ball, mainly uh, Chris Thompson, probably, you know, he's older, maybe, you know, going off somewhere else. Memphis is probably going to fire Ryan Silverfeld. He was one of your top recruiters. He was someone they wanted to bring in originally, pairing okay. up with Alex Atkins. So to me, I like, I think it's more that Mike needs to improve his staff probably heading right. the next year it, because if you're not, because you know Chris Marv left, take the Virginia Tech defensive coordinator job. You promoted mm-hmm. Rand Shannon from within. Rand Shannon, I think, is a little better with probably you know connecting with the kids and then you know, developing the linebacking core. But also Randy was primarily hired specifically for his recruiting prowess in South Florida, which right, right now hasn't paid much dividends. And your one linebacking commit is from California, which, which is weird. Which is weird, but <laughs> hey, dude, weird. I'll, I'll, I'll take the kid. It looks like what, like Riggins from Fire Night Lights. I will take it in a heartbeat. It's but also, then, it's we play
2: like Riggins. Yeah,
0: hopefully. So <laughs> right. overall then, from year one to year three. I'm always afraid you...
2: of Cali guys for the record. Defensive Cali guys, I'm always a little little wasn't hesitant.
1: Jaylen, wasn't Jalen Ramsey from out there?
2: No, he's from Tennessee. Not from Tennessee. But he's eight. from Brentwood. Okay. Woodby was from Cali. Would
1: That's what I was thinking. Woodby yeah. was from Cali, yeah. yeah. So you're yeah. right
2: then. I'm a little Hey,
0: hey, hey there's no Jaden Woodby slander on here. All right. I like Woodby. I like Woodby.
2: I like, I like, like Woodby. Like but you know. <laughs> <laughs> all right,
0: and on, and on that note, now that, note, you know what? Let's go back to actually something that probably we all can talk about right now. And Dave, you know what that is?
1: Oh, I do. It's about, it, it, read it to me.
0: It's not Fade Dave, Day, but it is our oh. friends over at Bet Online. Bet Online is the number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. But since Sam is on here, for those who don't know, following his Twitter, which you probably do overall at FSU Twitter, Sam is a big Jaguars fan. So as of right now, the Jacksonville Jaguars are actually favored. At home against the Giants by minus three points. Sam, please let the folks know why they should or should not back your Jacksonville Jaguars and the Goat T Law.
2: Man, why do you do this to me? I come on this podcast in good faith. <laughs> <laughs> I come on this podcast as a nice guy, humble. You know what I'm saying? You got to make me talk about the Jaguars. That's what we do.
0: Oh, I'm going to ask you another one in the next break. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Actually, I'm going to take the Jaguars to beat the Giants because we got to win a game eventually. Uh, Trevor Lawrence threw for 165 yards last week, and Jags' Twitter is all of an uproar. They're so happy and proud of him, um, which is very weird to me. <laughs> but uh, I do think he'll throw for more yards this week. Um, I think the de- our defense is pretty good, and Giants don't have great wide receivers, so I think I think Jaguars are, are right to be favored in this game. I'm pretty sure it's at home. That doesn't matter because. Half was on only go to the game, so I think Jaguars win this game. All right,
0: four so points. folks, by four points. All right, so folks, take take the Jaguars to cover against the New York Football Giants and the resurging Daniel Jones. Candace, I know you are listening right now. I will let her. I will let Sam know that you are disagreeing with this pick. But folks, <laughs> and we're going over to Bet Online today. You put <laughs> Locked On. That's L O C K E D O N. You'll get a one hundred percent, a one zero zero percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. I bet online where the game starts. All right. We're at the end here. This is where we get more to the personal side of things. But Dave, do you have any last football questions, maybe expectations heading into the rest of the season? Like, what do you want to ask Sam before we get to the
1: personal I questions? want to give both of you a trivia question, actually. Do you know who our second highest graded DB is in coverage this year?
2: Ronaldo Green.
1: Great.
0: Uh, I am going to say... Is it Jerry and Jones? It's Jerrion Jones. Amazing.
1: It is amazing. That's all I have to say. Wow. All right.
0: Well, then before we get into the personal stuff, then, Sam, we have wow. five games left for the season. We have the bye week this week, obviously. Then we got Georgia Tech, Miami, Syracuse, the Asian Cajuns, and then the Florida Gators. How do you expect the rest of the season to play out, and what do you need to see from this team from the last, for the last five games?
2: This is what I think is going to happen. I think we're going to beat Georgia Tech. Better. And I think, but I do think we're gonna lose against Miami. I don't know. I know everybody's saying Sam, that's the craziest thing of all time. It's no way Miami's trash. They look trash. They're trash, trash, trash. I'm a Florida State fan. What is wrong with you? <laughs> but Miami's starting to get healthy, and I think they found something that kid, Kobe Young, mm-hmm. the, um, the wide receiver they had, and I think they're gonna get the other wide receiver back in the next week or two. I think.
0: Yeah, Restrepo should be back probably in two weeks.
2: She'll be back in two weeks, and I think they're going to get their offensive tackle back, Nelson back. So I think they're going to get healthy right at the right time to play us, and they're going to have just enough fuel in the fire to give us a crazy game, and I think that we're going to actually lose against Miami. I think we actually lose against Syracuse. I think we do beat Florida. Um, so I think we go, what is that, four? Oh, that's a seven-win season. Three three and two. And uh, I think we play a bowl game, and I think we win the bowl game, and I think that gets us to eight. That's what I think is going to happen. Is that my question to you? Then is is that good enough for you? Um, I've I've come to the place of acceptance in my my, my stages of grief. So I. I'm going to accept my eight win, my seven win regular season. <laughs> Root for uh what, what bowl would that be? Shreveport. Root for us to oh, be whatever teams in the front of Mac plays us in Shreveport. <laughs> Hopefully, we go to the pin Also, I'll take the pinstripe
0: bowl over that to play a Big Ten team and play Iowa. Oh, that'd be hilarious. Oh my watch.
2: God, dude! I don't want to watch Iowa play football, dude. Make I gamble enough on that. Man, I, would, I would be me. so mad at. I would be so mad at Martin Novell. We have to play Iowa, dude. I would lose it. <laughs> uh, like, have y'all watched Iowa play? You oh, can't. There's really no such yeah. thing. Oh. My eyes bled watching a half of Iowa football. Dude, I think they, I think they got like some crazy stat where they've scored like thirty points in a game like three times in five years or some <laughs> shit, like something crazy like that. Like, yeah, it's like, bro, they don't. Every game is like sixteen to ten, or it's like I, I can't watch Iowa football, man. I ain't that dude's a good coach, man. He does a good job up there. They win a lot of games, but good god, man, like somebody take him out back. <laughs> it's not, I'm
1: so glad somebody else shares this opinion of Northwest football in general. Wow. All <laughs> right. All right. All right. Well, no, so three God and two man. down
0: the stretch. Yeah. so we to go three and two down the stretch. Okay.
1: Now we, we Drake and I have gone back and forth and you've said it now too. how devastating in your mind it would be to lose to Georgia tech. If we were to lose to Georgia tech, but then beat both Florida and Miami and run the table and go four and Oh, would that be, would that be good enough for you, having lost to Georgia Tech? And who do we need to beat more between
2: Florida and Miami? I, I, I'm gonna say this, man. If you lose to Georgia Tech, that means you got a deep r- seated, rotted problem. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, if you lose to Georgia Tech, then that means all bets are off. Right? Every game is losable at that point. So that would be a that'd be a huge concern to me if you lose against Georgia Tech. Um, I. They need, he needs to beat Florida and Miami, in my opinion, if he loses against Georgia Tech. But if you lose against Georgia Tech, I'm personally gonna put you at six to six to finish the season. Like I'm gonna be like, okay, they got two more wins in them. That's it. But I can't man, man I mean, Georgia none Tech, of us are
0: saying we're gonna lose Georgia Tech. Yeah, no, Georgia right. like, like, you're folks we're listening. To. This is this is Dave, yeah. you know, being doomsday Dave. As, this is, yeah, he doomsday. likes doing this.
2: But that is a break glass. Like Get on the red phone if they lose against Georgia Tech. Like, 'cause that, that's a deep problem you got. That means some something awful's happened. Really awful. But I don't think they'll lose against Georgia Tech. I think they'll beat Georgia Tech. Um, like I said, you know, I think Miami's getting healthy at the right time to play you. That's why I'm kind of picking Miami. And I, I think you're gonna beat Florida because I do think um I don't know, man. Florida game be tricky too, because I, I think Anthony Richardson is starting to find himself. It's taking him some time. But he doesn't. He plays good against soft coverage. Like, if you just give him, like, easy five-yard five yard throws, he can do that all day, you know? So is the defense going to shift and change a little bit and get more aggressive? Because if it's not aggressive against Florida, that's going to be another problem because they can run the ball on the A-gap too with ETN. So, so, so I will
0: say, though, against NC State, we did play a lot more of an aggressive defense when it came to our corners, especially because we knew the wide receivers for NC State – Mm-hmm. there's no one really there ever since I think was it a uh a, 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 Me- a, a mezi who left last year and yeah. then you see actually overall with, with um with florida their wide receivers I mean there's no one I'm really scared I know justin shorter is good for scary. one sixty-five yard touchdown per game but other than that and ricky what, ricky, be... ricky
2: peels was it ricky oh, what the
0: shifty white guy in the slot ricky pearsall
2: you know hey shifty white guys on the slot bro don't be disrespectful. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, you're right. I mean, Florida had two. I mean, Clemson had two of them. That's Tom right. So I'm putting a prayer on it. Hey, remember the guy at NC State that I mean at North Carolina a few years ago in the gym? that uh, uh, gymbo? Yeah, Ther- yeah. Uh, uh, El Switzer. Ther- Thomas Switzer. Too. Switzer. Oh yeah. Barrios. Yeah. Remember Barrios? Yeah. I think Barrios is Cuban, though, right?
0: Oh, oh I mean, listen, bro. <laughs> I don't
2: know.
0: I don't know I don't either. Know. But listen, Sam. Before we let you go, we do. What we always ask us of all of our guests. Florida or Miami, which one of them is a team that you w- love to see lose more to us? Because for me, it's Florida. I can't stand that school yeah. with every fiber of my being. Dave is like in between, but he's also a little bit Florida. Max, Max is just diabolically can't stand Miami. So for yourself, which one of the two is the one you kind of
2: leer at a little bit more? I live in Jacksonville, so mm. it's definitely Florida. It's I I do hate Florida fans with with everything am my being. Like, I couldn't date a woman that was a Florida fan. Like, I just couldn't. <laughs> like, yeah, it's serious with me in Florida. Like, I, I can't. My stepdad was a bull gator. Like, loved the gators. So, it always got rowdy around November. It always got rowdy around that time with us. You know what I'm saying? We we yeah. took the year of bragging rights very seriously. I can't stand the Florida gators, man. Miami, I almost respect Miami more because we play Miami. The, the kids, it's kind of, I don't know. It just feels like it's like brothers fighting each other. Florida mm-hmm. I don't know man I don't like them peoples I don't like them peoples at all I don't like them about damn
1: the last if if you were born the year Miami last won their national championship you can legally drink now I can't <laughs> lose to Miami uh, they haven't been relevant in most people's lifetime right at attention to college football or go to college so I can't lose to my I'm, Drake that's where I've settled I'm saying it right now I cannot lose to Miami I can't do it at least Florida's won something in the last 15 years.
2: Yeah, that's true. I mean, I don't know. It's tough, man, with Florida, man, because to me, Florida's always the bigger obstacle as far as they got the recruiting budget, they got all the money over there, they're in the SEC, and it's like beating them is always like a bigger feather in your cap when you beat them. You know what I'm saying? It's not like you beat up on poor Miami, the broke (laughs) Miami. You know, you beat up on Florida's like you beat up on this big SEC team. You know what I'm saying? So I always – and Spurrier – Spery just made it. He he made the rivalry so fun back in the '90s, man. That's when I started watching football. So you know, <laughs> that's just how it goes.
0: No, I mean I completely agree with that Florida to me just it's. You're right. It's it's the people because it just means more to them and it means more to me when we kick their ass. In my yeah. opinion, yeah. even though Miami, like congratulations that you paid eighty one million dollars for one Power Five win so far in the season, but <laughs> listen, that's neither here nor there, Sam. As always, it's a
2: pleasure having you on. Please let the folks know where they can follow you and follow all your work. Oh man, make sure y'all follow me on Twitter at More Life One, or you can follow my Listen Up page at Listen Up. It's at Listen Up Part One instead of um, I forgot what the other backstage is. Anyway, and follow me on YouTube, man. Listen Up Podcast.
0: <laughs> all right, perfect, perfect. Yeah, folks, please listen. You know, please follow all of his podcasts. His Twitter. It's a hilarious time. Sometimes, all you see tweets are like, you know. I'm gonna let. I'm just gonna you know, scroll past it, but sometimes he's got some golden nuggets,
2: you know, all, all on the timeline. Before before I get off though, man, seriously, people, boy, your crabs don't... <laughs> <laughs> don't 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 be don't don't be Jeffrey Dahmer crabs, okay? <laughs> just heat some water, put the crabs in the water. That's all I got to say, man. I, that has really disturbed me today. I'm not in a good place. <laughs> yeah, well, just, for just
0: with something. for Drake. Dave, and new animal rights activist, Sam Moore. This was Locked on Seminoles Podcast. We'll see y'all next time and take care, everybody. And the
1: bye week.